The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Top 10 lists are the worst. Welcome to the Staff and Graph Podcast. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph Podcast, really. I am Mike Stevens from Yahoo Sports, and sitting across from me is the ever-talented Rachel Dory. Rachel, how you doing? Doing all right. That's good, good. This is a special podcast because it's the first podcast of a new era, an era of democracy, an era of discourse, an era of not, an era much less, uh, I guess, emboldened by death scrolling on Twitter. Uh, or doom scrolling, I think is the. I'm is not the even on Twitter term. anymore. Yeah. yeah, Rachel has vanished from the face of the Twitter Earth, Twitter Twitterverse. Um, so she's she's gone, and yet, which means that the fact that I get to do a podcast with her is even more. Uh, it's more exclusive. I'm alive. That's yes. <laughs> when someone asked me today, "How are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm alive." Yep, she's alive. She's here. I have visual proof. Um, and yeah, how how was your week, Rachel? Uh, honestly, I am. Very upset about Alex Trebek passing away. Yeah. Like, so that's... that is, especially of cancer. I mean, the guy is a legend. He's an absolute legend. Such a nice human being. National, national hero. National, like, national treasure. icon. Just yeah. a yeah, treasure yeah. of a person. Mm-hmm. I think, like, one of those moments... I love I loved that he loved sports. So when you and I were watching mm-hmm. the draft together... and he Oh, that was, that was the best moment. Oh, my God. I was like, this is so well done yeah and then just seeing things before i exited left from twitter um things like when a guy didn't know the answer on jeopardy he just wrote down we love you alex yeah, yeah. like incredible balling okay the greatest i i just keep getting because rem- the clip was going around twitter it was probably after you you uh you know deactivated and did what many of us are too scared to do and leave that that hell- godforsaken app behind but um, it was a great clip of, so you know how they go and they do the, the introductions, yeah. like they, you know, this is Mary from whatever, tell us, and, and Mary, nerdcore hip hop, the nerdcore hip hop <laughs> where she goes, first of all, that is the, the cringiest explanation. It's essentially he goes to her and he goes, and, and, and you have a very, it's like, this is Mary from Wisconsin or whatever. You have a very like uh, unorthodox Tasting, taste in music like what and she's like well it's called nerdcore hip-hop where it's just a bunch of you know nerd like self-proclaimed nerds rapping about uh you know the uh, you know comics things we like and then the, her last like going on and on and on and then her last thing was you know lack of success finding romantic partners and then there's just a beat the mouse goes losers then and <laughs> just ended that woman's point. life on national television he murdered her it's done so, or when, uh, what was it? The one where there's a football category and it gets to the point where he's like, we need to go to commercial. I yeah, need to have a because, talk with these people. Because no one knew anything about football. It was incredible. My, another, like, there was a, there's a great compilation because there was a, a category called like, na- like rap lyrics and it's him reading out no lyrics. And it's like the, uh, it's, it's like, like Eminem. 
Yeah, it'll be like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, his palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's Spaghetti. Oh, my was, God. Was, was sung by which artist? Or, like, and someone, but he, he, like, one, there's one of him going, Panda, 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 Panda. <laughs> I got broads in Atlanta. And, like, <laughs> it's just, it's in, it's incredible. Okay, I might have to log on to Twitter. You need, you, you need to, well, it, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Honestly, like, it's fair. It's fantastic. He was just... When Alex Trebek was on my television, life was good. My, I felt safe. He was just a very like he's such a he just has this presence that will never be replicated. I think by anyone. Yeah. Like it's like no matter who I I tweeted out when it happened. Like so, Jeopardy's done, right? And I didn't notice that he had said like I want the show to go on after I'm gone. So it's clearly not. But it shouldn't. But it shouldn't. And like <laughs> I see people already lobbying for who should be the host. It's like no, mm. sorry, uh, just let it breathe. You're just for gonna a bit. just chill for a sec. There was there was an NFL analyst that I follow called Patrick uh, Patrick Claybon who I love and there was a tweet that said like George Stephanopoulos is eyeing you know Alex Trebek's absolutely not and and Patrick Claybon quotes him like he can eye these hands <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> because that's that's what it is like he this that some some mantles in life and in media whatever but life in general just they cannot be filled those are shoes that you can't fill. those are shoes that are too they're too mon- like. I think the only person that could possibly fill those shoes is like Tom Hanks. Like, I think that first of all, Tom Hanks is going to play Alex Trebek in the movie, about his life, I will put every dollar I've ever had on that. He has to play every good person who's ever lived in the movie. He's already played Mr. Rogers. Uh, he's played Sully. He's played Captain Phillips. And now he's going to play, he's going to play Alex Trebek for sure. There definitely needs to be a movie about that. There will be. He was part of the Order of Canada, yeah. which is They're, not exactly like an easy thing to attain. They don't just hand those out like candy. But it's just, it's just it's gutting. Just sad. Also, with my whole chest, fuck cancer. Yes. Fuck cancer. That's... Like, with my whole chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every ounce of your being. Yes. Fuck cancer. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in Sean Connery also passed, and I don't want to... I feel like we shouldn't talk because Sean Connery is a self-proclaimed guy who's, who's, the name you know, is Bond. well, he's James Bond, obviously. And it's, it's also because of the, it's, it's really interesting how, or not interesting, but it's noteworthy, I guess that, you know, the, the classic duo Trebek and Connery passed away. And they say they go in threes and I'm really not interested in any, like Howie Meeker also passed away, yeah. which is like in hockey. That's has anyone bad died this year? Why is it all like, why is it always good people there are uh, definitely some can an can an asshole die yeah like come on like there are some people where if they dropped dead right now i'm directly staring at a certain group of individuals south of the border i wouldn't be disappointed it's just it's it's just terrible what is it only the good die young i mean Mm -hmm. neither of these men were young sean connery was 90 alex trebek was 80 but i felt like alex trebek was taken too soon alex trebek had a couple well so like my like i was talking to my dad about this because we watch football together every sunday and Alex Trebek died of, of cancer at 80, which is exactly what happened to my grandpa. And he's like, and my dad was just like, look, I, as much as it was taken too young, like if you get to live, it, he essentially was like, if you get to 80, like you've lived a good life. You've lived a long, good life. Yeah. And I but, think but like there, there were some more, there were some more uh, years left on Alex Trebek. I feel like. Yeah. You just look at like who we've lost this year. We've lost Chadwick Boseman was Chadwick Boseman, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, yeah. Kobe Bryant. That, Kobe. That feels like a, decade ago i rem- okay that feels I, like a decade i remember working like people talk about how it's crazy. i was working a sports news desk 
when Kobe Bryant, when the news came out, that was one of the most surreal moments of my life, I think. Yeah, that because was awful. It was like, I remember, the, I wish I had taken a screenshot of the Slack conversation because I remember like I was working, I was working a news desk shift at Yahoo before, you know, back when that was a thing. And just like scouring Twitter for, you know, NHL stories really. And then that out of nowhere in the middle of the, of the afternoon on like a Sunday and it, TMZ came out. We're like, this is fake. Like we like, let's everyone's like, what the hell? Like, I no. refuse to believe it. I was so like, so I turned 24 this year mm-hmm. and me too. And uh, my friend's dad actually bought us all Kobe Bryant jerseys for, because there's three of us turned 24 within a week. No one bought me a Kobe so Bryant jersey. So he bought us all Kobe 24. jerseys just for like, just because. Who's this friend? I need to become friends with this person. <laughs> um, and I felt like like that happened and my birthday is like three days later. Mm. I'm like, I feel like I can't wear this. Like, I just feels wrong. But if anything, you should be wearing it more. Yeah, I love it. Great. Great. Yeah, like, like I it's, love the Yeah, I, man, it, it's, we've lost a lot. I just... 2020 sucks. 2020 sucks without a doubt, but at least it brought us this podcast and I'm happy with it. Let's go into plot points. Um, You know what 2020 also brought us? Yes. Wayne Gretzky, Drip King. Yeah. So Wayne, so plot points, what's trending up and down in, I guess in, in, excuse me, during the season will be in hockey, but during, uh, you know, the off season, it can be anything, but trending as up uh, skyrocketing up Wayne Gretzky's drip the 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 great one you know out of nowhere dropped a surprise uh collaboration with Drake's OVO brand someone sent it to me because I'm not on Twitter and I thought I was like this is photoshopped like there's no I not happening it's remarkable I, I I don't buy it and then I had to do some Instagram investigating as you know that mm-hmm. I tend to do yeah I tend to participate in, in that type. Some of thing. people say Batman's the world's greatest detective. I think it's Rachel Dory <laughs> is the world's greatest detective, in my humble opinion. Um, and I was like, oh god, this is this is real. It's a, it's a real thing. That's the last thing. The crazy. Okay, there there are two collaborations this year that I was just like, what the hell is going on here? One is Wayne Gretzky and Drake, and the second one was Travis Scott and Christopher Nolan for Tenet. They made a song for Tenet, right. but I'm like, just he tweeted like, yo, Chris, like. Tenet collab Christopher Nolan like what the hell is going on here Travis I Scott even, I didn't even know that Wayne Gretzky knew who Drake was yeah, yeah. or like but he's hip with the youths he's with hip the youths. he's he's hipping down with the with the youth culture home, <laughs> homie so it's it's great also trending downwards and I hell think yeah we may have been prophetic about this yes we we I'm not gonna say we caused this but we we definitely We're manifested wrong. it I feel like we yeah. manifested it. We got our crystals out. We got our essential oils and we really we had together. A we had a seance. You know, we really just meditated and cleansed ourselves and thankfully cleansed the internet. For a brief moment. For a brief, shining, glorious moment. As Jim Carrey would say, isn't it fantastic just to not hear him for a oh. single goddamn second? I will, I will, dare I say it's orgasmic. So what are we talking about? Tony D'Angelo. So... Yeah, Tony D'Angelo deactivated his Twitter account mere hours after on this podcast, I went on like a 30-second rant where I just essentially said, fuck Tony D'Angelo, fuck his parents' beliefs, I went in and said at a certain point. a lot of um, F-words. And I, you know what? It's my goddamn podcast. It's my fucking podcast, and I'm going to fucking say what I want. But, okay. but when, when, it, when it applies, when, if the shoe fits. Wear it. 
And it, it applied to that. Tony D'Angelo's Twitter account was deactivated. He came back. He has like half the follower account. So trending down is Tony D'Angelo's clout, Tony D'Angelo's Twitter account in general. Man. I would he, just appreciate it if he went away again. I just want him to go away. Like. Although I will say I was on Twitter for the Sebastian Ajo memes. And for those of you who put them out and send them to me, I appreciate you. Yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. It's. I essentially was like, if Tony D'Angelo, I, I tweeted this out. He got pissed at me about it. And <laughs> Tony D'Angelo got oh, pissed? I, I'm yeah, him, shocked. No, no, but him and I have had have, have clashed on Twitter before. Have you ever seen this? No. Yeah, so I literally, I tweeted out, this was after he done, he went on some crazy rant. I literally, or no, this was after, because he searches his name. Okay, that's psychotic. I know. Also, like, we went over this last episode. How do you have the amount of free time to do this? So You're a professional hockey player. I know. You should be. Please get a grip. You should be either training or having a nap or something. Like, what, what are you doing? But anyway. Drink. Do some, I don't know, anything. Do some cocaine. Like whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But what I, what I essentially said was like, if Tony D'Angelo was half as defensive on the ice as he was on Twitter, then he'd be the first active player elected to the Hall of Fame. And it blew up, and he was just like, "Ha ha!" Someone sent this to me, like, like you know, get mad or so, or like, or no, he said, uh, he's like, I wish I was, or no, yeah, he's like, I wish I was, uh, uh, like, oh, you know, he was like, check offense. He's like, he's like, yeah, I might not be great in my own zone, but check offense. And I replied to him like, yeah, dude, no one's ever accused you of not being offensive before. <laughs> like, <laughs> that happened. Go look it up. It happened. Michael. Yeah. So it's, oh my god. And I, so I at least have take solace in the fact that I dunked on Tony D'Angelo twice, not once but twice, and it uh felt good. So anyway, he's trending down. What is trending up? Will you be? What's trending up is my is is my dominance over Tony D'Angelo. The amount, the the likelihood that you'll have to call me daddy one day. That's what's <laughs> trending up. Um, trending up as well. Business is booming at Four Seasons Landscaping. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought that's the this funniest. Was a joke. That's the funniest thing that's ever happened. When I, I tell you that I was drinking. Yeah. yeah. I believe you stop right there. I believe that you were drinking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You believe I was drinking. <laughs> when I tell you that I was drinking, I'm like, yep, no, say no more. I believe yeah. you. <laughs> when I tell you that I was drinking and my sister brought this to my attention and then I subsequently went into detective mm-hmm. mode and found out the story about this situation, the drink came out my nose. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So somebody at Four Seasons Landscaping deserves a raise because they knew that it was a member of this campaign and they played it off like it was the hotel they, yeah, yeah they had to brilliant they had to have because i don't care if there's no campaign other, it was that's funny there's no other way that it could have happened if they like i was really thinking about this a first of all that is legitimately like a plot from arrested development like that is a hundred percent something like that Ron Howard would be like, but it wasn't the four seasons. It was four it was seasons landscaping. It was four seasons landscaping. Sandwiched in between, you know, it, literally like Cal's auto body and a dildo shop. That's li- <laughs> Come on. I'm not kidding. It's there there it is literally between there's a sex shop right next to it. And I know that because someone interviewed the, the owner of the sex shop. He's like, I'm just pissed they're taking up all our parking spots. Oh my god, incredible. So Rudy Giuliani, yeah. a week and a half after being accused of being overly sexual on Borat, no, uh, uh, is now holding a press conference beside a sex shop. Accused of No, like I've seen have you seen Borat too? Yes. Of course. I saw a great movie. Great subsequent movie film right there. Um also best title, I think, of any movie is Borat yes. su- Borat 2 subsequent movie film. Incredible. <laughs> subsequent movie um, film. But that is the most English second language yes. translation of all time. Have I ever told you the story about when I first saw Borat? 
Yes. Have I told you that? I feel like okay. We've so essentially, this. we haven't obviously on the podcast, but real quick. No, but you need to tell. Real it. quick aside. So my mom is very like, like my mom doesn't drink. She does. If I ever drank, she or I do drink like a lot. But it's, we drink together. Yes, this is not a it, surprise. I know. But my like she doesn't know that she does now. If she would ever listen to the podcast, sorry, sorry about Mike's that. Mom. But she like she's you know religious woman. She's she's very buttoned down. Like very like you know essentially like the opposite of some like someone who you would think is the opposite of who would watch Borat but I remember so the opposite of my mom yes exactly yes. <laughs> now yeah li- literally think of the opposite of your mom look I love my mom I'm not saying anything bad I'm just saying like this is her demeanor she's a very sort of like buttoned up person and so I remember Borat came out in 2006 right yeah so I was like grade five grade four yeah we were both 10 yeah 10 years old essentially <laughs> so she bought oh my me God, we were bebes exactly she bought me Borat, a DVD. There's Bo- error she, one because she thought, and this is back in the in the in the days of of oh no because we were going on vacation, right? And this was the back in the days of portable DVD players, and that was like the most precious thing you could possibly have. And so she bought me Borat to write to to watch on like this road trip because she thought it was just an innocent, um, you know, fish out of water comedy. What's all the buzz about it? L- to my surprise, I turn it on and it's a guy talking about how his wife's. Vagine hang like sleeve of wizard and i'm like this is the greatest thing ever and what's great is you can watch things on portable dvd players with headphones so little did she know my mind is being actively polluted <laughs> right behind Just her the most pollution imaginable oh like the dirtiest that is to the like the dirtiest look the, like uh, two naked dudes like have a 69 fight like in a through a hotel it's incredible um and so <laughs> at one point she I think like she overheard me listening to the movie and she went, what is that? And snapped the disc. <laughs> so that, that will, so that's why Borat will always be close to my heart because my mom in an, in, in, an, in a pure attempt, an innocent attempt to give me this fish out of water comedy. She polluted you. Is the reason why I'm now a degenerate human being. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no, Rudy Giuliani, like, there's no way he was unplugging his mic. He was. Like, he was straight up. So are we going to purchase Four Seasons Landscaping shirts? Because I feel like I... I think we should get them to sponsor the podcast. That's what I think. Honestly, I'm in. The Staff and Graph podcast presented by Four, Four Seasons, Seasons Landscaping. Landscaping. Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. I'll do that for free. I don't care. Yeah, like, oh man. That was just the magnum opus. Oh, that is the funniest thing that has ever happened. That <laughs> is... You are a professional. You're the president. Not just professional. Regardless of whether the president was there or not because he was too busy golfing, Mm -hmm. which is a whole other situation. He was too busy losing. You're a lawyer and the former mayor of New York City, and you can't, I mean. But here's my thinking is if it's easy, if it's it's so easy for A, Sasha Baron Cohen, and B, a random landscaping company to fool Rudy Giuliani. That's probably not a good thing. How easy do you think it would be for Russia to do it? Hint, let me tell you, extremely. Extremely easy. Anyways. Okay. Like, he'd, he'd be fooled by a fake mustache. <laughs> like, if Putin showed up, fake mustache, and said, my name is, my name is Scott America, and I, and I am. Um, <laughs> what I'm, is it, the Brian's people? They, you need all the, bri- the Brian's instead of the brains. Oh, no, I, I, <laughs> I saw that. Did you see that on Twitter? No, you don't have Twitter. But yesterday, someone was just, someone, some old dude, and it wasn't a bot because it's been around since, like, 2011, I checked. He's just like, don't take the COVID-19 vaccine. You know, it, it's there to control your Brian's. And I just quote to him like, does, does everyone get a Brian? Where's my Brian? Like, it's, 
It's a shame. But yeah, so that's trending. Trending up is business of Four Seasons Landscaping. I want listeners of the show, please, I implore you to go out, tweet Four Seasons Landscaping and tell them to sponsor the Staff and Graph podcast. We'll do it for free. Please. I just really want it. would love that. Just because it's funny. Um, so this show, by the way, um, it's a hockey show. It's not just a show where we clown on Rudy Giuliani. Although I think we should make that as an off. If we do a Patreon, that should be our special bonus episode each week. We just clown on Rudy Giuliani for 10 minutes. <laughs> um, but we're doing we're, we're well into our, uh, our, our divisional breakdowns in the off seasons. The dog days of the off season. So we're going through. We did the Atlantic. And then we did, I think it was what? The Pacific yep. last. And now we're doing the Central. So you want to hop into that? Let's do it. Hell yeah. So we're going to start off Chicago Blackhawks going through their offseason. So they have $5,213,687 in cap space. Their notable departures are Corey Crawford, Brandon Saad, Oli Mana, Dylan Sakura, Slater Cuckoo, Drake Jula. And their notable additions are Nikita Zadorov, Anton Lindholm, Lucas Walmark, Dominic Kubelik, Malcolm Subban. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know who Anton Lindholm is. He was part of the Saad trade, like the the Saad. And I, I but felt I'm like just I, saying it's probably not. Oh no, he's not. He he had. <laughs> it's probably not the best. He had three points in 45 games in the AHL last year. That's probably why I don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But okay. I had to. I felt I had to include him because he was part of that deal. And they also have three very upset stars. Yes, that is the main crux here. It's not the additions or anything. It's a the subtractions and b how those are being viewed. Specifically, the Corey Crawford one. Did you did that you experience? Was, yes. Well, when you were in New Jersey, did you ex- like how was? First of all, did you experience any sort of uh, uh, I guess disgruntlement from players on the roster? A, that's my first question. And B, how would that be handled? Uh, we were bad. Yes, so obviously. Yes. During the playoff run, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The subsequent season, basically from like September to January, uh, yes. How so? How was that handled? Um, like, like let's say, like let's put yourself in the shoes because you you know what it's like inside. Not there. to this degree, I would say. Yeah, but how? Okay, so if you can extrapolate, how would this be handled? Um, you have your captain. The problem you have is <laughs> this is going to be kind, but NJ did not have superstars. They had Taylor Hall and dudes. Man, that's just a, a, a vicious dunk on Taylor Hall right there. They didn't have superstars. They had Taylor Hall. No, but he's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, Chicago has Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves... Duncan Keith. Yeah, like, the, who, uh, key point here, have won the franchise Stanley Cups. Three of them. And I'm going to hazard a guess that if fans had to choose between Stan Bowman and any of those three gentlemen, or even Corey Crawford, they're probably taking those four gentlemen. They're not taking Stan Bowman because Stan Bowman, let's not forget, also turfed Joel Quenville, who was mm-hmm. beloved. And they never liked each other. Quenville right, and, which is and Bowman. super weird. Um, and Nicholas Jalmerson. Yeah. Let's also not forget Artemi Panarin. That, that was not the best trade. In shout the world. out to Adam Wilde, who says that's the worst trade in NHL history, which I don't agree with, but it's close. It's, it's up there. It is dumber than the Adam Larson Taylor Hall deal. But, really? Yes. Yes. Ooh. In my opinion, it is. And this is... Uh, At least it took Panarin a couple of years to win it, win the heart. Like, it, it was instant with Taylor Hall. No, Taylor won it... He won it in the next year. He did. I'd, let me mansplain the player that you coached, but it's true. He did. Yeah, I would just say, like, Panarin was good immediately. Like, he was, all, he was good in his rookie year. 
yeah, and you true. traded him for Brandon. So- it's just not so. And you also got him for free. You didn't even like. You didn't even do anything. You didn't yeah. even draft him. You signed him in the KHL for so freezies. You, so you didn't even well, no, not for actual freezies, like for free. The freezies yeah. weren't involved in this. Although well, I would, I would like to get played paid in freezies. That'd be great. I had seven freezies last night. So Rachel has diabetes. Um, and okay. So, anyways, how this would be handled is how would it be Jonathan, handled? Jonathan Taves, um, rightfully upset. Yes. Um, Patrick Kane, rightfully upset. Duncan Keith, rightfully upset. They're gonna go. They're gonna voice specifically Jonathan Taves. Uh, voice their displeasure with Stan Bowman, mm-hmm. um, who probably won't listen. Um, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who cares about any ancillary thing to him yeah i can't say that because i don't know but the reality is is the move the move is done so you can't do much but usually like we hear about how in pittsburgh they do a good job of keeping crosby and malkin in the discussion it's like so they ask crosby about what they want to do and make them feel included and crosby said do not trade malkin or Latang. like don't do it well that's they didn't even want to lose flower and yeah. so there was that. But you would think that you would at least have this discussion with your captain. And so from what I can ascertain, this discussion did not happen. And everybody, including Corey Crawford, was blindsided when this happened. And that's never a good thing when these particular players have won you three Stanley Cups. You don't exactly want to just be jettisoning them in favor of Malcolm Subban. Decidedly not as good. So it's one thing, like, at a certain point, the Hawks, it, okay, it's hard to, hard to describe this, but basically, like, the Hawks, they should, in, in, a, in a, take context out of the equation, they should be rebuilding, they should kind of be doing this. Right, but even though they Even though they don't have any, like, draft capital or anything like that, or prospect capital, whatever. In a, in a, like, if they were a normal team in their position right now, where they were kind of, like, teetering always on the, the playoff bubble, this, that, the other, they should be rebuilding. But at the same time, like it's it's how Pittsburgh views this. It for however long you have Crosby, Malkin, Latang, etc., that is your contention window. You should always be trying right. to win forever. So Chicago's contention window, and make no mistake about it, is Patrick Kane. Yes, it's so as long as you have Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves to an extent, right? Like you have Kirby Doc, you've got Adam Boquist coming. Those are you have Dominic Kubalik, who yeah, just got nominated for the call. Fantastic there. players, yeah. And you got Dominic Kubalik. That's bone. But your window is as far as Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves will take you. Mm-hmm. And you can't do it without a goalie. So no. I'm not sure what the hell is going on there. Well, they have Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban. Okay, so they're tanking. And I'm sure Patrick Kane is thrilled. Well, like you're Patrick Kane and Jonathan. Yes, you've already won three Stanley Cups. So, like, so it's not like, you know, they're blowing, you know, Ray Bork's last chance at a cup here or anything. Right. But like, this is not Shane Doan actively staying with the Coyotes when he should have, without a doubt, gone somewhere else and won a cup. Like Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton's going to Toronto to win a cup. Right, he was because he should when, not have stayed in San Jose. Well, he thought he thought they were going to be good at the time. They, everyone thought they were going to be good at the time. And they were not. And they were very much not. So it's it's understandable that he was A, pissed after the deadline when he get, didn't get dealt. Now he's going to Toronto. Anyway. I will say, I like the Lucas Walmart edition. Yeah. I like that edition. But that's not going to put him over the top. Nikita, no. this was a terrible trade. They were, like, the Zadorov trade was, was terrible and another... Again, yeah. and we're getting to the team that he got traded from next. And <laughs> if you decidedly very good. And if you don't like me saying the terms tidy business, you better fucking skip that ne- this next <laughs> team because 
that's going to be heard a lot. This is team tidy business right yeah, here. Yeah, we will not be referring to them as the Colorado Avalanche. Yes. Um, but the, but it, it, it's worse because A, like, Sod, well, Sod fits Colorado perfectly. We're getting into that. But also, Zadrov is not good. He's exactly the type of player that you would expect a bad gem to trade for, where he's flashy and that he hits people a lot. And so people think, and he puts up some decent... He's a big, tough hockey man. Exactly. So everyone's like, so I'm sure a hockey man like Stan Bowman is like, oh, yeah, grit. He's someone we'll have. But they dealt Brandon Sod, which also apparently pissed off Kane and Taves because they wanted to, they wanted to get the band back together. But not only that, they're retaining a million dollars of Brandon Sod's salary. It's dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. How are you trading the best player in the deal and also retaining? You're trading away the best player in the deal and you're also retaining. To the avalanche. To a divisional rival. Like not, let's even like, take away from the fact that the avalanche who I would, I would, or last episode you said Vegas is the clear cup favorite. I would argue that it's probably the avalanche. Like ideal conference final for me is Colorado. Vegas. I would, would be so entertaining. I would literally give like a pinky finger for that to happen. Because I want that so I want I just just for the I sake would have of the loved sport. a Colorado Tampa final that would have been massive. I thought that was what it was going to be but it didn't end up being anyway my God just didn't happen and then it didn't end up being that way but um, yeah this is it's just Stan like Stan Bowman's got to go he's not the guy to oversee a rebuild no. no go and hire go and hire like a young exciting person or if you want to get if you want to have someone usher you through a rebuild. Go poach Lou Lamorello. He'll do it. He'll change the culture. Or hire his lieutenant, Steve Pellegrini. Or go to go to Carolina. Actually, Chris McFarland in Colorado would probably be the guy you should be hiring. Go to Carolina. Eric Tolsky. And go, hi, Eric Tolsky. I will pay you a billion dollars per year. One hundred. One hundred. Billion dollars. Yes. No, like literally put a check in front of me, like write down what you think you're worth. We'll pay it. Yeah, you're the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's not pretend for a single second you don't have money. Oh no, they're incredible, and they like they also did a lot of lay, like internal layoffs, like from their business side. I don't get it, which doesn't make sense. But like they're Chicago, the Chicago Blackhawks print money. They've been in every Winter Classic, even ones you didn't imaginable, know, even the ones you didn't know happened. And they they're on NBC every single time they can possibly be there. You know, they're like they, 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 they're routinely in the top merchandise sellers. Like it's they're always the number one. Like they're I would say they're the most rec- recognizable. American hockey team, even beating out the Bruins and the Rangers. I would say they're the most, like, at least in the modern, in, like, the salary cap era with how good they've been. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's probably fair. They're at least close. So they did not get better. No, they, they will not dis- make the playoffs unless Patrick Kane and Jonathan but, Tape somehow get 120 points. But how bad can you be with those guys? I know that a goalie can sink you, but, like, they want to rebuild, and yet they still have, they still have like good players up front that could screw it up. Like if the Leafs kept Phil Kessel on their roster. Do I need to remind you how bad Edmonton was with all those first overall picks? You can be bad. Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't get first overall picks when they had like McDavid and Drysaddle on their roster. Okay, but you can be bad with first overall picks. Like no. you can be bad with high-end talent because yeah, you but, don't have goaltending but they or defense. But they won't be as bad as they should be, which could hurt right. them. Like if the Leafs kept didn't if the Leafs kept Phil Kessel on during the tank year, they, they wouldn't would not have, have Austin, Austin Matthews right now. It would have it would have given them like how many wins above replacement is Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith all worth? You add up those wins and you tack them onto your final to yeah, whatever it would have been. It's probably that worth could, about six or seven wins. Exactly. At that least. could be those six or seven wins, that's fourteen that's twelve to fourteen points. That can knock you yeah, out they're, of they're a top from, three. They pick. Won't, like they won't be Ottawa Detroit bad. But exactly. they'll be bad. But, but they'll they, be but, Buffalo bad. But if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna tank, tank. Go all in. You can't this is they've they've been You can't cr- half ass it. And they've been half assing 
contention for so long. Now they're half-assing a rebuild. And you, yeah, like, and the problem they have is you can't move those contracts. Oh, I think a team would find a way, at least, at least for Patrick Kane, a team would find yes, a way. But you're not going to do Duncan that. Keith I is believe a- they have an NTC. And you also have Brent Seabrook. Yeah. Which is not great. So, okay. Duncan Keith is, is also a really good contract. Like he's, he's what? 5.2 million. And yeah. I think a lot of it, because it's one of those weird pre lockout 13 year deals, 13 year deals. He actual salary paid is very low. So you could, that's a very tradable contract. He's just old. Anyway, team tidy business, baby. Colorado avalanche. They have, how do they have cap space? I know it's insane. Not a thing. The Anaheim ducks don't have cap space (laughs) and the fucking Colorado avalanche have cap. It's insane. So $1.823614 million in gas space. Their notable departures, Zadarov, obviously. Michael Clutchinson, where did he end up? We don't know. Um, Nemesnikov, Colin Wilson, uh, Mark Barbario, I guess, and Kevin Connaughton. And those are, none of those are huge nope. losses. If anything, I'd say it makes the team better. The notable additions, on the other hand, Brandon Saad, Devin Taves, and then they re-signed Nick Chushkin, Burkowski, um, Graves, and Tyson, Tyson Jost. I'm just going to, spoiler alert, yes, they got better. But let's go through their offseason because it was one for the ages. Bro, the Devin Taves acquisition Incredible. and subsequent deal is preposterous. Is that the best? That it might is be, absolutely preposterous. That might be the best trade value-wise in maybe in the salary cap era. Like you're trading for an RFA that you knew the team couldn't sign. Well, they finally did something where they they capitalized on another team's weakness. No, no teams do this. Like their D is disgusting nuts you have kale mccarr yeah devin taves you've got eric johnson then you've got bowen byram you're doing this off off the top of your head yeah yeah connor timmons like okay so here's what it is here this is based on on first of all they're they're high they, they have the decor they do and their highest earning defenseman is eric johnson at six mil which is hilarious. It's going to change because Kale McCarr is going to get paid next. Well, year. yes, but right now that's, a $10 million that's where it is. Assessment. So they have Eric Johnson. Yeah. Sam Girard. Who oh we forgot. God. We forgot about Sam Girard, who, by the way, is under contract until 2026, 27 at 5 million per year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They have, then they have Ian Cole. Right. Decent. So whatever. bottom pair. Devin Taves locked in until 2023, 24 at 4.1. Yeah. Ryan Graves. Is okay. Yep. And then Kale McCarr. Okay, so your top pair is probably Kale McCarr, Devin Taves. And then you have second pair Johnson Gerard. Yep. And then your third pair Graves is- Cole. <laughs> and then that's not even that's the not Colorado even- Avalanche might have the best decor in the entire league. Oh, absolutely. That's and that's not even including like if you want to bring up Byram or Timmons during the year to take those to take some of those bottom pair minutes. That's Legit should not be allowed. I, that's not. That's not fair. That should not be allowed. I'm gonna have like a tantrum about Remember that. Remember when not everyone fair. was clowning on Joe Sackick during the Duchesne Steve situation? Steve Dangle. I'm yeah. so glad he hasn't deleted it. If you want to go, literally just like Google Steve Dangle Joe Sackick, and he has like a tweet that's like Joe Sackick is the worst general manager, or how does Joe Sackick still have a job, or something like and that. And then just whammo. And that's it's happened. He's done that twice. Although shout out to Eric Parnas or Eric Parnas. Yeah. Um, he, him and Dawson Springings are huge influences in the Colorado okay. Avalanche Hockey Operations Office. And, uh, I would say this, it is weird that 
teams, namely Carolina and Colorado, who have heavily invested and trusted their mm-hmm. gurus are um, good. Yeah. And making not, sh- making tidy business decisions. Oh yeah! Now you're speaking my language. But it's like the fact that it, it's it's not even that they're good, is that they're they're good now and they're just con- going to continue to get better. Yeah, like Sebastian Aho gonna get better. Yeah. And we'll, when we talk about Carolina next week, we're gonna talk about they how have ridiculous okay. Carolina is. But I would, if Sam Girard or Devin Taves were dropped on the Leafs. They they would instantly no. I, I'm oh going. I'm here, if you if you're a Leafs fan, this is going to make you sad. So just hold on. But if Sam Girard and Devin Taves were dropped on the Leafs, they'd instantly be the best defenseman on the team. I'd say, either of them. Not maybe, Sam Girard. Maybe Sam Girard would be be a little worse than Morgan Riley, but they'd be close. Combined, until until at least 2023 24, combined they they're worth over a million they're less worth, than Mitch Marner. Yeah, <laughs> they are worth less than Mitch Marner. They. They like t- combined, they're worth nine point one million, right? Which, which is, is about actually one point eight million dollars. Yes, one point eight million dollars less than Mitch Marner, who plays wing. One of these is a uh, one of these is a or they're both they're both left shot D, but they're both defensemen. Yeah, and I actually believe Devin Taves plays the right side. And I'm pretty sure Mitch Marner and Devin Taves contracts are done at the same time, or at least close. Like it's. It, it just, just Either come way. on, man. Okay. Come on. So, Nachushkin and Burakovsky, both fantastic. Like, I thought Nachushkin didn't have a great regular season. Come in the playoffs, I thought he was good. Getting him at 2 5, that's the Selkie favorite. Great. Valerie Nachushkin. Oh, God. Andre Burakovsky, monster in yeah. the playoffs. 50, like. 50, I'm, like, and his expected goals, too. Is nuts. I feel like every time I'm like, wow, this is, like, really high. Yeah. Um, and then let's also discuss that they do have the best contract in the league. Nathan, hey, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon. That's what's allowing them to do all this stuff. You ask how they still have cap space. They have one of the top three players in the league, Nathan McKinnon, under contract on 2022-23, making $6.3 million. That's fire your agent situation. There. Well, he wasn't... No, but he wasn't good when he signed that contract. Yeah, but yeah. that's when you say, I need to sign a short-term deal. Or a bridge deal. You need to... Yeah. Like, that's, that's when you say bridge me. Because... And like, if John Tavares like, got suckered into this too, where he was making five point five million. Yeah, until. like if he's, if Nathan McKinnon right now is a restricted free agent, that contract starts with a twelve, like at least. Oh it my god! So he be he he in he because of inflation. No, no, I, he absolutely would. Tavares was going to pass McDavid if he signed with the Sharks. Like it, he was yeah, going to get thirteen million because of inflation. Although no, it's a pandemic, so maybe a bit less. But like, yeah, uh, Nathan pre- McKinnon. <laughs> but no, but I mean, like pre-COVID, I'd say yeah. it would be a, he'd be a lock. He might be the NHL's first fourteen million dollar player. He's so oh my god. And, okay, Colorado. But, uh, got but better. Uh, another one I want to say too is like, so they were linked to Taylor Hall's we talked about before. Yes, they were. But, but they, they they were able to, Bra- like Brandon Saad is definitely not Taylor Hall. Uh no. But Taylor Hall is making. You know, one one year, eight million dollars. Brandon Saad is going to probably provide, like, what did he get last year? Let me see. Um, if you do, if we're just talking about like raw offense, he had thirty three points, fifty eight games last year, and he's got one year left at five million dollars. And Taylor Hall is is so he we we can assume that that's going to go up, and Taylor Hall is making is going to produce maybe a little bit more than that specifically now that he's playing with Jack uh, Eichel, but making three million dollars like. $3 million more than Brandon Saad. And they were able to not only get him, but ship out 
a player with a bloated contract who was cluttering up their their right side. Right, because in, now in, they uh, have young kids in Zadarov. Yeah. So it's just like even like even when they're because they they needed a scoring winger to supplement their top six. That was I think their biggest sort of uh, uh, need need in the offseason. That way they're not just a one-line team. Exactly. And yeah. in, in the process of doing that, they were able to get a guy with no risk in terms of term and in the process, shuttle out probably the worst contract on their team. Remarkable. Like this is chef's kiss, tidy business. Did they get better is a fucking rhetorical question. Like it. Yeah. We don't like, even need to have that discussion. Spe- uh, speaking of teams that didn't get better, uh, the Dallas Stars. The um, Dallas She-Goes. You mean? Oh my God! Yeah, the, Dal- the <laughs> Dallas, Dallas Monster Shigos. Energy Cans, the Dallas Kyles. Um, they're, uh, they're they have two hundred and fifty-seven. How okay? <laughs> Colorado has almost two million in cap space. They have, Colorado has almost ten times the cap space that Dallas has, and they're infinitely better. But so C- Dallas has two hundred fifty-seven thousand nine hundred sixty-nine dollars in cap space. The Noble nice. Depart, incredible. Yes. Oh, fant- f- thank you for. I almost missed that. Thank you. This is why. This is why I need you here. Yes. For you to catch the. The I'm here for the innuendos, folks. Exactly. Not for the hashtag analytics now, are salad. Not due to the fact that you're far and away the smartest person on the podcast. It's um, notable departures anyway, or Corey Perry, Roman Polak, Matthias Janmark, and even though he didn't play for a while, Martin Hansel, he retired, whatever. Yeah. Um, they also paid a lot to get him, so it's, I think it's noteworthy. Their additions, they re-signed Anton Kudobin, three years, 3.3333. I wonder what his favorite number is. Um, three, 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 three million dollars. We are not going home. Yep, and he's... He, he is going home now. He's staying. Yes. He um, is buying a home. They essentially didn't... The only person that they didn't... They got that they didn't re-sign. Like they re-signed Fox out of, to five years. They got Julius Honka back. They did, which was remarkable. I was going to ask you about that. Um, but they signed Mark Pissick to one year, 750000 He was the in analytics darling uh, for a while. Everyone said, you know, the Leafs need to get him. And then he became a forward and scored a hat-trick against the Leafs. Obviously. Incredible. Um, yeah, but, I think... Okay, getting Hudobin back, great. Even uh, at his age. The Radic Faxa deal is so nice. Yeah. Like, chef's kiss nice. Yeah. Well, it's the term. Uh, same with Denis Gurionov. He is... So, Denis Gurionov... Because I... because the mar- score all the goals. Oh, I know. But it's funny to see how... Like, it, it's remarkable. Not funny to see how he's improved. Because I... I like, like I, That's what happens when you get playing time. It's true. Because I... Well, speaking of playing time, I covered him when the Marlies were playing uh, on their Calder Cup run. Because they played against Texas Stars. And he didn't play at all. Like, they just kept scratching. And I was like... Or they, he played, like, one game. Right. And I was like, what the heck is going... But he... To his credit, and I've talked to Mike McKenna about this and, and all that, like, to his credit, he took that kind of demotion. He didn't, he didn't get pissy about it. He just was in, intent on improving. Now look where he is. He signed two years, 2.55, and he's going to freaking cash in. And going bar And he's going to freaking all the goalies. cash in after this deal. And then Julius Honka, how the hell do they get him back? Because it seemed like he was really acrimonious. I don't know, but if we... Or, if I have to see another I know. Twitter yelling match well, you won't. Julius you don't have Twitter Honka, anymore. if I hear about it... We will have a Kovalev shift for the ages. Yeah. I on it like he's not going to be a difference maker. He's just a defenseman. July 2018. Like this is it's the Honka Wars. Not necessary to be getting this angry or excited about mm. this. Um, he's just a he's guy. Fine. Yeah. Seven fifty really grand is pretty good. Like yeah, there's no risk. Mm-hmm. It's there's a two way deal too. Exactly. So like realistically. This is like a welcome back into the fold. Let's see how things go. Maybe we'll trade you. 
But to me, the two tidiest signings were Fox and Gurionov. Like, oh, that, I don't think I don't business. think Dallas got better, no. but I don't think they got inherently worse because like Martin Hansel didn't play. Matthias Yenmark was valuable. Corey Perry um, too. Corey Perry, yeah. At least in the playoffs, he was valuable. Yes, I think losing Corey Perry is not great. But also, like a lot, they're an old team. Like when you look at them, corpses. Well, yeah, like like Joe Pavelski is going to make seven million dollars next year. Oh, that's a lot of money. And like he was, he didn't have a good regular season. He had a good playoffs, but like that's why need, you pay him though. No. But you need to make the playoffs, right? Like they're 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 well, core. I think Dallas makes the playoffs, right? Because they've got Klingberg and Haskinen. And look at their core, noted though. Norris vote getter Essa Lindell. <laughs> I will never let that go. <laughs> some like some things. I I just love that they happen. So you know, archaeologists can dig them up one day and be like, "What the <laughs> fuck happened here?" But like, look at their core, like their ages. Tyler Sagan's twenty eight. Jamie Ben's thirty one. Joe Pavelski's thirty six. Um, Radulov, 34. Cogliano, 33. Like, they, like... The only young dude in that entire group is Haskinen. Yeah, well, like, Rupi Hintz is 23. Oh, okay. 23. Yeah, but I wouldn't say Rupa Hintz is, like, the core star yet. No, he absolutely not. Like, once those other guys phase out kind of thing, like, Sagan will be there for a while. But once, like, Radulov and those guys... It'll be Gurionov, Hintz, Haskinen, um, and Ty then- Delandria... How is how is Essa Lindell their their highest paid defenseman by a lot? I don't know, but that's going to change next year. Next year, um, Haskinen, like not this this year is the last year. Oh, it is, yeah. But but, but still, change. like like John Klingberg is making four point two five million, which is it's great. But also, like Klingberg's twenty eight, like like this that's young, and they're goalies. Ben Bishop is 33 and, and old as hell and injured. He's got yeah. miles. There's a reason why Anton Hudobin got playing time is because Ben Bishop and he's he, didn't he have to undergo like some really invasive surgery. Yeah, he had the Pekka Rene hip surgery. I yeah, think, and which, all uh, is also the Corey Schneider hip surgery, and we all know how that's gone. Exactly, and then they have Hudobin, who they just signed for three. Like when their goalies are 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 up in free agency, they one will be 37 and one will be 36, and. To, and they still they make a combined eight point basically like eight point three, like that's a lot. That's a I don't know. Also they all, they also I didn't even realize this. They also have a bio penalty from Valerie Natchushina that's still on their books for four hundred fifty grand. Incredible, sensational. Okay. Mm-hmm. Minnesota Wild, you you have passionate feelings about this team. I so, do. Notable so, addition. Judd Brackett. Judd Brackett. <laughs> but they have two point seven like two million seven hundred seven hundred thousand five hundred seventy nine dollars in cap space feel like a auctioneer listing all this off um their notable departures were eric Stahl, nick bugstad uh luke kunin alex galchenyuk miko koivu and devin dubnik and their notable additions cam talbot nick benino Jonas brodin was re-signed to seven years uh and yeah and the rest were, were re-signs Very, i don't know what to what to make of this team um also notable addition marco rossi Yes. <laughs> How miracle that he dropped to them. It's still absolutely mind boggling. Yeah, those are some pretty key. Uh, uh, they also, when they traded Eric Stahl, they got Marcus Johansson. Did I not include? Damn, I'm really dropping the ball here. Um, yeah, they got Marcus Johansson. I, the only which is reason big. I have that memorized is because I was the ringleader of his fan club in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, good, I think those are some pretty key losses, though. Like, Eric Stahl is a key loss. Miko Koivu, that's your captain. Like, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, weird that they didn't want to re-sign him. 
considering how much he got in Columbus. Yeah, that to me was a little weird. Didn't he get 1.5 million in Columbus? Yeah. You couldn't re- you have you have that amount of money left over. Yeah, that was super weird to me. Um I definitely didn't agree with it, but I think getting Cam Talbot for that contract, that's great. Really? Yeah. I think that That's a little much for Cam Talbot. Well, in my you have opinion. to consider where he came from. Not the most defensive team on earth. It's true. And Minnesota is known for what? Deep, yeah, defense. defense. I think that um, Cam Talbot will be a ton better. I think his workload is going to be a lot less. He only played. He only played. Um, uh, what's it called? I just twenty six well, games last year. Yeah, but like workload in terms of like when oh, he's playing, yes, he's not yeah. going to see forty eight shots a game. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, I thought like when you think about the goalie market, like but he might be the number one. Yeah, but they're not paying Markstrom. Right, like you, true. there's That's a true. lot. Like you weren't gonna pay, you're gonna play Braden Holtby. Mm-hmm. Also, Capo Capo Kakinen is good. Yes, he he's is. Also, he's only 24, but he's good. He, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he won AHL Goalie of the Year last year. He may have. Let me check. Um, so like I think it's fine. Um, yeah, Capo Kakinen was the AHL Goalie of the Year last. I year. liked the addition of Nick Benino. Yeah, yeah Nick Benino's good. He's, um, and he's it's low risk. He's only got one year left, even though it's exactly. 1 million. Exactly. So it's like you can move him at the deadline. Mm-hmm. You can keep him, uh, whatever you want to do. Um, the Jonas Brodeen contract, I like the value. I'm not in love with the term. Yeah, seven years is a bit, especially for a guy who doesn't really produce offense. Yeah, I'm not in love with that, but I do like the value. Mm-hmm. That's that's good value. Um, Nico Sturm hasn't played a ton, so it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Jordan Greenway. Um, two years, two point one million. I think potential million. breakout candidate. Yeah, yeah. you think so? Yeah, potentially. Um, especially if you're playing with Marco Rossi. You think Marco Rossi is going to crack the NHL like his first year? I think they look at him. They, they give him nine games. I think they look at him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's that good. Um, when you look at their forward core, like he could. Well, they, like not a lot there. What I also didn't didn't um, put in here, and I probably should have, is they're getting Kirill Kaprizov. And he's he's good. He's good. What do you know about him? Um, that the previous regime royally messed it up. Yeah. And Bill Guerin had to eat a ton of crow to build a relationship. But since Bill Guerin's um, taken charge, there's been a ton of effort on both sides to to really build a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaprizov's dynamic. He's he's he really might good, be the man. most exciting player Minnesota has. If they like, were, yeah. he's got hands that just are fantastic he's an impact player Mm -hmm. he can shoot the puck he can like he's very well-rounded offensively um he's definitely most definitely an impact player for them um and so i think like they're going to be more offensive than they have in years past and obviously the bar for that is not high um they also have a lot of money coming off the books next year right they have a lot like johansson's up bonino's up Felino's up, Bugstad's up, and then a lot of RFAs like Hartman. How, how the hell is Ryan Hartman still an RFA? It's crazy. But like Joel Erickson Eck, like all these guys. Yeah, but Erickson Eck will be resigned. He's a part of their core. Oh, of course. But yeah. like Kevin Fiala is coming up as an RFA. Like I think he'll be better this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they want to shed, they like can. they can. They also let Mikhail Granlin. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, no, they traded him. Yeah, they traded him to uh, Nashville. Uh, Nashville. Which. I did not agree with. Yeah. Um, and then they let him walk. So it was kind of like a, well, they were trading. It was weird. They were trading guys. Like they, they were stripping things down. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like they traded Zucker. We forget that. Yep. Like 
Also, they they added Kalen Addison, which is a good sign. In, in he that might deal. crack the lineup this year. Yeah, well, well like they're if you look I at I mean, their, they still have Ryan Suter, right? Well, they have Jared Spurgeon. They're going to trade Matt Dumba. You think they're they I actually think are? Going to trade Matt Dumba. Yeah. Where do you where do you see Matt Dumba going? No idea. What would you what would you give up for Matt Dumba? Um, if I'm the Canucks, I'd be calling. Man, really? But also Bim Jenning. He's not going to do that. Like it's, it's Jim Benning, Mike. <laughs> they also don't. They don't have any cap space. Yeah, well, Matt, you have to trade. No, I know, but Matt Dumba, like, they're going to want prospect cap. They're not going to want Louis Erickson. Like, they're going to want prospect capital. Nobody wants Louis Erickson. No, uh, the Canucks don't want Louis. Erickson. <laughs> yeah, but like they're like Matt, The Canucks have no cap space, and Matt Dumba makes six million dollars, and they're going and the pieces they're going to want you back. Give up Brock Besser for Matt Dumba? No way. No, no I'm, I'm not saying would you, would Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver, yeah. Vancouver <laughs> seems like they'd love to give up Brock Besser. <laughs> and he's a Minnesota boy. Yeah, like I'm sure that I'm sure. Like if you're Minnesota great. and that's the call, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I would do that. Oh my God, in a heartbeat. I think Matt Dumbo gets traded. Um, he's only, like, so that'll he's be only 26. I know. But dude, his cap is underlying numbers. good person. Yeah. yeah, very notably good person. So did Minnesota But get you know what, I don't. He's someone who who uh, who, according to uh, Dale Talon, is just a hockey player. Right. So did Minnesota get better? I think they got a little bit better. Yeah. I also think they're on a really good trajectory, mm-hmm. and long term, they've got something there. Like they drafted their first three picks in this year's draft were obscene value. What a shocking development that. Right after the season that you hire Judd Brackett to run your draft, Minnesota maybe walks away as the best as the team that got the most value out of their draft, and Vancouver walks away as just botching it completely. Yeah, like I have Minnesota up there with LA and Carolina, yeah, in terms of having the best draft. Like getting Marco Rossi is LMAO. Should never have happened. Coaxing Kaprizov over here. Coaxing Kaprizov that over could be, here. That could make you the playoff. That could yeah, make you make the those playoffs. Those two could be a significant. But then you're getting Marat Kuznadinov and Ryan O'Rourke in the second round. Mm-hmm. Ryan O'Rourke is essentially Ryan Suter. Damn. Like He's probably not an asshole like Ryan Suter is, too. Oh, he is a jerk. Like, it's... If you look at their... They do have some bad contracts on their books. Like, obviously... Right, but by Parise. the time these players get there... They'll but be they, gone. But they still have Victor Rask under contract oh, until 2021-22 at $4 million. Like, that's bad. That's not great. Um, but, yeah, like, I think Minnesota's definitely on the right path. Yeah. So I think the only thing they'll sink them is goaltending. But then again, the goaltending sunk them last year, too, so it doesn't matter. Like, they got rid of Dunham. I don't know. I think it'll be improved, improved there. Okay. Um, Nashville. Yeah. They have so much cap space. I have a soft spot for them. Really? Why do you have a soft spot for Nashville? Their coach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, John Hines. Great guy. Great coach. Um, they have almost $13 million in cap space. Yeah, they have $12.9 million in cap space. They're notable departures. They lost a lot of guys. They lost Nick Benino, Kyle Turris, Dan Ham, he's retired. Uh, Craig, they lost Craig Smith. That was not yeah. good. Corbin and Holzer somehow is still managing to stick around the league. I just put him in there because it's funny. Um, obviously, Michael Granlin left. Frederick Goudreau was a big part of their cup run a couple years ago. And Yannick Weber, who's the Weber who managed to stick around there for a while. And their notable additions, they got Luke. Uh, they got Luke Cunning for Benino. They signed Matt Benning two years. Uh, yeah, two years one million. They got Mark Borowiecki, so their dressing room is going to be phenomenal. Um, and no one better try and snatch any purses around him, or else he'll <laughs> fucking kill you. Yeah. Uh, so two years, two million. They got Nick Cousins, two years, one point five, and then Brad Anderson, one year, one one mil. I. They also drafted 
a potential generational talent in gold. Oh, yeah, man. Like, they may not be excellent next year, but the second that guy steps on the ice for them, like... Askarov you're talking look about. Look out. Well, they, like, they, we always thought that, that the Predators were a... Uh, like a defenseman factory, but now like if you if you're able to seamlessly transition, I know he's kind of hit and miss now in his career. But if you're able to transition from Pekka Rene to Askarov right away, well, if you can go Rene and then like a year or two of Soros, who's still good, who's still yeah, like very good, and then into Askarov, that's amazing. That's a chef's kiss. That's like it's it's not on the same level as going from. It's not the same level as going from immediately from Favre to Rogers with the Packers, right? But it's still being able to be like. A very like a pillar of your team, and then you immediately replace him with a better, younger version. Right. It's not like you're going from Brady to Cam Newton, which is still good. I would say it's it's, but it's decidedly not the same. Yes, exactly. Right. So I think although they both they they both had rough weeks um, recently. <laughs> Did they ever? Yeah. yeah. Well, Saint, by the way, as a Saints fan, that was the Bucks just decided not to participate. Oh, I know. Monday. Look, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a diehard New Orleans Saints fan. That that was that that game was a sexual experience for me. It was incredible. A sexual experience. It was. They were up thirty-one nothing. Really, I don't really have a team. I just enjoy like cheering for players. So like, I my favorite player in the NFL right now is DK Metcalf. Oh, he's for awesome. his story, like the whole neck situation. The fact that he's the most jack human on the planet. And like the rundown, the run- like the personality, like I'm so here for it. I also really like Tom Brady. Um, but yeah, okay, Nashville. Yeah, so they have they have uh, they have 12.9 million in cap space, um, and they didn't really and and for years it's been the okay that seems they need internal to, cap though. Yes, for sure. But for years, what is Nashville needed? Offense. And what did they not add in the offseason? Again, offense. Yeah. You know what? Me thinks that they could end up with a guy like Mike Kaufman, though. They for, could end up for with like, like a bargain deal. Yeah. Like the, some of the free agents that are left over. Right. I mean, I, I think that they could end up with a guy like Mike Hoffman. Um, a question that I have for you. Maybe on D, like Sammy Vatman. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think, though, because, okay, you clearly need offense, mm. <laughs> like, extremely clearly, and, okay, who are, like, who are the best guys that are available right now? Are you going to be Savage and RFA Matthew Barzell? I don't do it. think so. Do they have the draft capital to do that? I don't know. Let um, me check. If they can offer The RFA is... Barzell, Dubois, Sorelli. Maybe they sign a guy like Duclair. They they have, from what I can tell at least, they well yeah, Duclair would fit perfectly and he wouldn't call they have twelve point nine million. They could have just given all that to Taylor all if they wanted to. Like it Yeah, I I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah I, I know. But they, they have the okay, draft. So they, they have the draft. They can capital. offer sheet. I don't think they will because they should. hockey men. Yeah, they should though. Like I would a hundred percent be going after Anthony Sorelli or Mikhail Sergachev, or, uh, excuse me, is Jacob DeBrusque an RFA? Yeah. The R- no, no RFAs have signed, basically. Like, they're all still out Yo, there. Yo, I forgot about that. That would be a sick ad for yeah. Nashville. They also have Dante Fabro. He's good. Yes, Dante is very good. Vince Dunn, but that's a defenseman. So we're talking forwards. I mean, there's definitely people like Anthony Duclair. You could probably get at a bargain. Mike Hoffman, you're gonna get at a bargain. 
I would be I would be looking at RFAs though. Like I would seriously be looking at uh, Anthony you... Sorelli, Jake DeBrusque. Uh, I don't think you're going to get Matthew Barzell. Go. I mean, you could like go like give him like. No, but he has to want to sign there, and they don't think he does. Based on what I know, he wants to stay in New York. I mean, okay, but at the same time, like, how are they going to pay him? That I don't know. Like, as much as you want to sign somewhere, if you go, okay, we'll give you, like, we'll we'll give you an offer sheet for eleven million dollars a year, and we have the four first round picks, so we can pay that penalty. Like, are you going? If you're Matthew Barzell and you look at the situation that you're in in New York, and you go, okay, well, we just had to trade our best defenseman. And we still don't even have close to enough money to sign me. It, like, at what point does money talk? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, that I don't know about. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is David Poyle washed? Yes. Because if I, I'm thinking back to some of the moves David he's made. David Poyle is the first general manager in Nashville Predators. History. No, I know. And he, he's the only general manager. Exactly. He should be gone. But, like, he's always he's always, you know, renowned for being so savvy but he's never really done like they've ne- the predators have had one flaw forever and he's never addressed it and when you look at some of the some of the, the they've the, been consistently good but never great well they've been consistently good at defense and they've always had their fit their achilles heel is that they need some sort of scoring forwards whether it's a center or a winger and they've they've spent a lot of money and a lot of draft capital like they they traded a first round pick for ryan hartman at the deadline one year you remember that and it didn't work out and they've they also gave up Sam Girard to get Kyle Turris, who they just bought out. Like it's yeah, that wasn't good. They 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 gave they gave up Seth Jones to get Ryan Johansson, and then paid Ryan Johansson a King's ransom, and he's like a third line center at this point. Yeah, they you know they they gave a ton of money to Matt Duchesne, and he had a bad year. What if they acquired Patrick Laine? Well, that's a great segue into another team here. Now, real quick before we do that, did they get better? No. That's my. I don't think they did. No, not immediately. Long term, like, they got better because yeah, but, of because of Ascara. Yeah. But that's. But like, what do you what do you see them doing next year? Do you see? Do you see I, them? I don't think they're done this summer. I really yeah, think that they're going to be in on Hoffman and they have potentially to. Patrick Line. They have twelve point nine million dollars. Like they have to spend that somehow. Yeah, I think I think that they end up with somebody like they're. Yeah. They're going to make some some rumblings here. You would, man, great. Maybe some tidy business involved. Hopefully. Hopefully. I would I would love to see John Hines coach an actual Ooh, scoring talent. That would be incredible. He's done that before. Yes. Very, very fleetingly, though. Very um, briefly. Yeah. Speaking of teams that might either trade for or trade away Patrick Liney, the Winnipeg Jets, they have, again, like, how, how do these teams, how does Colorado have so much cap space? They have $697,856 in cap space. Yep. Notable departures were Lucas Spisa, thank God, um, Mark Letestu, Cody Eakin, Nick Shore, Dmitry Kulikov, and Nathan Beaulieu in their notable additions. They got Paul Stastny back. They re-signed Dylan DeMello to a great deal, four years, $3 million. Nate Thompson, one year, seven hundred fifty grand, nothing. Derek Forbort they got, and they re-signed Laurent Brassois. Rachel, let's dive into the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, did they also not re-sign Kyle Connor? They, they did. did. They, but they didn't. They didn't this summer, did they? Oh, okay. I was gonna say, they, yeah. Oh no, it was last summer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um. So they're gonna trade Patrick Liney. You think they? You think for sure that's happening? I think so. Why? Why do you think that? Sources, well, his, sort, league sources tell ESPN. His agent outright came out and said it. It's the best thing. But yep. Um, do you have any info on this? Just from what I've heard, he's not happy there. Mm-hmm. What? Do you, tell us. Tell me exactly what you've heard. Okay. In as much detail as you possibly can. Yeah. Um. He's not happy. 
with he, he feels like a yo-yo um okay. so he's not being used kind of to his effect when you have a talent like that mm-hmm. like a scoring talent you can't stick them on the third line sometimes I don't care how bad they are defensively. If you have a player that has the potential to score 50 goals, you fucking play them. You have a guy who get who hits 30 on on a with like, his eyes closed. Like, like literally, it was people look at at his 30 goal season last year as like a cataclysmically bad year for him and he hit 30 goals. Like people are freak are paying out the out the wazoo for that kind of production. Exactly. Like you don't think Nashville would literally scream from the rooftops? So, I think with Patrick Line, listen. Winnipeg has Blake Wheeler and Kyle Connor and Mark, Mark Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers, like they have talent, right? So it's not like they're bleeding for, for talent. The problem you have, they also have Jack Roslovic who's unsigned. Um, but the problem you have there is Patrick Line has the best scoring prowess of them all. Oh. By, bar none. He's, he's at his peak. He's, he's maybe top, five natural scores in the game. Yes. Like pure scores like he's, in the game. He was getting compared to Ovechkin, who is the greatest goal scorer in the history of this game. And until until Ovechkin won the cup, the greatest tweet I ever saw was back when the Matthews and, and you know Line 8 debate was going on. Justin Fisher put out the tweet was, yeah, I definitely think Patrick Line 8 can put up some Ovechkin numbers. For example, zero Stanley Cups. <laughs> and he promoted that tweet in Winnipeg, which was great. Um, but Yeah, so I think that Line A um, is just kind of disenfranchised with how things have gone in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's come. You could tell like his attitude on the bench. Oh like, yeah, like he's just dejected. Um, but what else? What do you know specifically? I like, know that you, there are teams that are interested. Who's interested? Can you say? Uh, well, if you look at teams that have cap space, hint hint nudge nudge. Nashville. Yep. Yeah, um, who needs scoring? That's true. They like, and they have assets, right? Think about who has assets. Minnesota has assets. Mm-hmm. Um, Nashville has assets. The problem you have is, do you want to trade him within the division? I'm saying I personally don't care because if you if it's a good enough trade, then you should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not how the GMs think. So I like I think Patrick Line gets moved just because he's so before the season. If not before the season, like pretty quickly within it really yeah i mean because it's a shortened season maybe what like, a deadline uh, acquisition patrick line gross um but those are players that are hard to trade for in season yeah um i like the addition of paul stastny so you know i do too like if you play patrick line with paul stastny and nikolai ehlers or you have the top line of ehlers wheeler wheeler shifley and then your second line is connor stastny line i think you've got a shot there Mm-hmm. You can't yo-yo Patrick Line though. Like he's gotta play top six minutes. Like the fact that we're even like, the fact that's even a debate is ridiculous. Right? Because remember when people were like, "Oh, the Leafs might take Patrick Line," and um, I was like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard." Well, it's like the fact that it was. That's that, like people saying they're gonna take Eichel over McDavid. No, they weren't. That, I mean, and that's Edmonton. Or that's the, there were a lot of people who were like, I think the Islanders might choose Duchesne over uh, uh, Tavares yeah, like, and Hedman. No. Like, no, it's not happening. The, uh, like, how does this happen with a player like this? Like, I know that Patrick Laine has, 
he's been consistent and he plays Fortnite a lot and you know yeah that, some of this that's is, not exactly endearing but some of this is okay at a certain point you have to like I'm, I think I'm, some of this is on the player and some yes. of this is on the team like I'm very much like I always kind of side with the player over the team you want to side with the individual over the friggin monolith corporation right but at what point do you take some responsibility for this like oh I think I think there has to be some responsibility buried here on, on both sides as much as you should play you should play your best players together like you should play they gotta deserve it Exactly. And like, so for Alina to come out and be like, I should always be playing with Mark Shifley and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, I mean, yes, you should, but you, you should deserve but, it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, there's look, I, I don't agree with a lot of what Winnipeg does like internally, like, you know, and, and with some of their moves, like I, I don't, I think Kevin Shevelyov is one of the most overrated general managers ever. Um, but at what point does, not ever, but like in the league. At what point does Patrick Line have to take some responsibility here and go like, okay, well, I'm a second overall pick. Um, I have like, no matter what, I'm going to be playing with, no matter what, probably I'm going to be playing with one of Stastny or potentially Shifley. But like, I'm, he should, like, if I was him, I'd be like, I'm good enough to make someone else look good. So, so yes. why don't, why doesn't he take that as a challenge? Like, if you look at every NFL player, they don't, they don't really complain about a lack of weapons. They, they complain about how everyone doubted them and how they're going to succeed no matter what. Like Cam Newton, he's still a good quarterback. I, I feel think. like the only person that can rightfully complain about a lack of weapons right now is Aaron Rodgers because his team has actually screwed him. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> they still have and Devontae Adams. And he's still Adams. good. They still have Devontae Adams. But like, if you, you look at that, like it's, that's football talk. But I think Pat, like Patrick Line, look, he, his career has not gone the way it should. Yeah, the trajectory is a little off right now. There was a there was a point where the trajectory was, is also not linear, right? Yes, I think that maybe he he could go to Nashville and score sixty goals next year, like in a full season. Like I wouldn't put it past him to score sixty at one point. No, no, he he's good. Like now he's, he doesn't have Nicholas Backstrom passing to him, but no, it's true. But he's one of those talents where he could do that. Yeah, so I I don't think Winnipeg got better. I don't think they got markedly worse. No, I think I think that yeah, I mean Paul Stassi's great, but at this but as well like. This is a team that kind of needs... This is a team that... Their defense sucks still. Yeah, losing Bufflin was... Losing Bufflin, but then they lost Truba They lost Truba last year. They lost Enstrom last year. They lost Myers as much as, you know, he got overpaid in, in Vancouver. You know, they lost him last year. Now Josh Morrissey is your is your top... Well, Josh Morrissey is probably the best of them all. Yeah, yeah but he also... But his contract... But he just went from, like, six dudes to one. Yeah, but and Dom LeCision had Josh Morrissey's contract as one of the worst in the league. I will disagree with him on that. Oh, wow. Yeah, Shots on. fired. I'll disagree Wait, with no, they did. Uh, my bad. They re-signed Lucas Spisa. <laughs> Come on. Why Why him? Yeah, he, I will. He doesn't uh, even shoot uh, right. I will staunchly disagree with Dom on that. Now, at least Dylan DeMello is coach porn. So that's, like, he's, he's Dylan good. Dylan DeMello is good. He's good, but if he but he's your second best defenseman. That's not that's good. That's not great. Well, they have Sammy Niku. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sammy Niku is good. Tucker Pullman is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? I don't 27. mind Neil Pionk. He was way better than people thought he was going to be last year. I know. I heard Mike Johnson talking about how he might have been like a breakout candidate. And I was like, whoa, whoa. And then I went and looked at the numbers and I was like, okay, Mike's right. And Which is one of those rare instances where Mike Johnson's right. You know, he's usually so wrong. <laughs> well, it's usually like... <laughs> If I'm going to accuse him of being wrong, you better I better have it. some yeah, facts and data exactly. to back it up. <laughs> I, I just, look, I, I think they, also they, they were in love with Paul Stastny when they acquired him, yeah. like in a trade the first time, and they really wanted to re-sign him and then Vegas outbid them. And now they now they got him for pennies on the dollar, at least trade-wise. They traded, I think it was uh, Carl Dahlstrom 
and uh, a in, in a fourth round, round pick. pick. I think in 2022, <laughs> which as is well. like basically a piece of chicken. Yeah, yeah right. Carl Dahlstrom in a 2022 fourth round pick, and and 2022 is a fictional year. It's not. We're not going to make it that far, so it doesn't even matter. Um, although, okay, this is another. This is another example of a team, and I love how this is now the litmus test that we did last last episode. It's it's a team who overpaid for a backup that they already had. Would they be better off with Aaron Dell? And yes. in that spot, yes, they gave Laurent Brassois. They re-signed him at one year, one point five million. He had an eight nine five save percentage in nineteen Ooh. games and a minus seven point seven goal saved above average. Hey. He's making he's making more than double what Aaron Dell is making. Yeah, or no, he's making exactly. exactly. I think he's making exact. He's making a little less than double because Aaron Dell is getting eight hundred thousand. Okay, that's not great. How? But you also have the reigning Vesna winner in net, so you assume he's going to play 65 games. But we haven't seen a team with a, with a goaltender who has played over 60 games win the Cup since Quick did it in 2011. Yeah, but don't forget this is a shortened season. But we also might be playing four games a week. Mm, backups are going to yeah, matter. maybe. Backups are going to yeah, matter this year. That's why the Leafs... Maybe you have the expanded roster, right? That's that why way, the Leafs yeah. signed Aaron Dell. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And so what are you going to do? You're going to... You're going to... You have, like... Connor Hellebuck can't play four games a week. And so are you going to be confident with, with Brassois playing, you know, 30% of the games? And then who do you have behind him? Uh, oh, they also technically they have Eric Comrie. I don't mind Eric Comrie. But he was bad last year. Um, they also, let's also not, like, on D, they still do have, like, Vili Heinola. Um, yes. Dylan Sandberg, I think, is very good. Yeah. They've got Sammy Niku. So I think all three of those guys are going to see some... But still, those are, those are young players. Like, if, like, they... They did get Cole Perfetti. That's true. But these are all still... Which is why I think also they're moving Patrick Laine. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, the, like, these are all still, like, really young players. Like, they, like... Yeah, but you should move towards that. No, I know. But you still need some... You need some experience. Well, you have some experience. You've got Blake Wheeler, who's 34. But you on your back end, I mean. Oh, okay. Um, like Lucas Spiza is the only player on their back end who's thirty. Like no one else, no one else in a in a real. Yeah, but it's less about age and more about games played. That's true. That's true. Right. So you need to look at games played. Neil Pionk by is not necessarily young by, um, like experience. Like in, yeah, he's miles. young by experience standards versus like yeah. age. Right. So it's it's more about experience because like you look at Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley's still young. Like. Oh, he's, he's only 25, like, what, 20, but he's 25, 26? Played he's played so over 500 much. games. It's insane. So it's, there's, a, there's a difference. He's young, there. but he's a vet mm-hmm. from that perspective, right? Whereas you could have a guy that's like 27 years old, like Miko Lettinen, let's say, comes in. That's a rookie. Like, that's not a veteran. Mm-hmm. Joe Thornton is a veteran. Yeah. Kind of thing, right? They, so, have, they also have really good... And like, losing Brian Little is a huge loss. That's a huge... No, it is a huge issue. loss. It's a yeah. shame. Like, and and, and also the, all the best to him because it, yeah. that sucks. In the circumstances that he, they had Someone to lose him Someone who lives for, in man. perpetual neck pain as you yeah. see me stretching my neck I while do. we sit yeah. here. <laughs> like, it's, it sucks. It, it, but if when you look at their top earning contracts, like they have a lot of guys on on value deals. Like eight, Blake Wheeler is 8.25 million. So I wouldn't say that's value, but like... <laughs> Mark Shifley. But like Mark Shifley, it's 6.125. Even Nikolai Ehlers at, at six. six. Until 2024, 25. To be fair, Kyle Connor at seven is valuable. Yeah, and Kyle Connor at 7.142 or whatever. Like, they, they even, you know, even you go Connor down. Hellebuck at six? Like, yeah. That's silliness. 6.166. That's, like, that's it's, silliness. Man, they, they have, like, there, there's some good contracts here. It's They've got some room. Like, I think Perfetti won't play this year. He'll play next no, no, year. No. 
but yeah. I think, think a lot of teams, Real, I guess this is also a, a weird non segue. but we think a lot of teams, because of how weird development's going to be this year in terms of junior year, junior leagues, and really you're going to have to kind of choose whether or not you, you send someone overseas or not. Are, are a lot of teams going to rush these first round picks into the NHL right away? Yes. You think so? Yep. Like that's going to be a trend. Yep. Interesting. Um, I think there's really only a few players that would merit it. Who? Um, okay, well, you have your top two. Well, yeah. The, I think they were going to go into no matter what. starter Yeah. Um, I don't even include those in, in this whole... Yeah, like... Okay. I want to see what Buffalo does with Jack Quinn. Because it's Buffalo. Um, oh, my God. I would hazard to guess that if Marco Rossi wants a chance to make the NHL, he will get it. Okay. Because Minnesota is dying for offense. And I don't think that's necessarily a rush situation. Mm-hmm. I think Minnesota will be good about it. Um, I personally don't think Tim Stutzla is ready. I think he's going to play. But didn't you say his, his team doesn't want to give him up? Yeah, but they may not have a choice. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think, I think I would be surprised if he wasn't in the Sens lineup. I don't think it's a good thing. Jake Sanderson's still going to school, so that doesn't matter. He's Lucas also- Raymond is going to stay in Sweden because Detroit is smart. Yes. Um, who is taken sixth? I know I the know. Devils went seventh. Alexander Holtz won't play. Muka Medulin? Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely not going to play yet. That's hilarious. Yeah, uh, Skarov is not going to play, so I don't think we'll see. Just mm-hmm. given, I think Perfetti will be given a chance. Interesting. After, because Perfetti's going to go to the World Junior, so he will already been playing for a month and a half mm-hmm. before all of this kicks off. So if he plays well at the World Juniors, they may bring him just to see. This is also going to be a stacked World Juniors team. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm um, excited. Okay. L- last team on the docket. Now, this is a really... They did an, not get better. Yes, this is an intriguing one. So the St. Louis Blues, they have $1.175 million in cap space. Uh, notable departures. Are these notable? I'm not sure. Because they have Alex Petrangelo, who they lost. Is he good? I'm going to go... The, the jury's out, I think, okay. on that one. Yeah. Um, Jay Bo Meester. You know, he wasn't. That's maybe, notable. It's notable. He maybe wasn't the best towards the end, but he's still. But good. it's still notable, and also in the circumstances as well. Like that sucks as well yes. for him. We don't know if we'll play again. And then Derek Pouliot and Troy ba- Troy uh, Brower. So n- nothing too crazy. But they immediately replaced Alex Petrangelo with Tori Krug for seven years, six point five million. You know, forty nine points in sixty one games. I think you know Krug's perennial fifty point defenseman. Not too bad. And then Kyle Clifford. They gave Kyle Clifford term. Kyle Clifford is great at getting term at two years, one million dollars. Um, just your, your prototypical bottom six guy who can still kind of play. He, yeah. won't, he won't give you any offense, but he won't hurt you. He can drive some he play. He will hurt the other team, though. Exactly. Uh, and then Jacob Delarose, I guess, one year, 700000 Like, they didn't really do that much other than Tory Krug. They did not get better. No. They didn't get better. I don't think we need to, like... Spend too much time on them? <laughs> like, yeah. It's... Like, they lost the guy that led them to the first Stanley Cup yeah. in franchise history. That never is a good thing. Now, Tory Krug... He's a weird, he's an interesting case study because he would seem like a guy who'd be a Bruin forever. And yet Until they, the They really dicked him. Yeah. They dicked him around. Boston? Jeremy Jacobs? Being a... No. No. It's, it's weird. It, it, St. Louis... That they, was weird. They really did That cap- situation was weird. It is weird. They, In the same way that St. Louis's situation with Petrangelo was weird, the Boston situation with Krug, like they were both weird. They were both really weird. They were... Yeah, why they were trying to nickel and dime their captain? Like it's that doesn't make sense. Not to me. great, or like we don't want to give you a no trade because we don't believe in no trades. That's fine. Do you know anything about that scenario? Like what happened in there? Well, because he is 
four kids and mm-hmm. like including a young set of twins i believe they want to stay there and they want to be in st louis and rightfully like, if you're the captain of the team that you last year led the cup to first you stanley have cup. every right to ask for a no trade clause it was their first franchise stanley cup so. yeah like you have every right and it's like oh it's our team policy you know what sometimes your team policy needs to adjust to compensate for what this player means to the franchise like if you're another team you said we don't believe in no trade policies let's say you're boston mm-hmm. we don't believe in no trade policies if patrice bergeron says i want a no trade clause you give him you one. give it to him yeah exactly kind of like if Sidney crosby says i want a no trade clause yes sir thank you do you need anything else yeah Alex Petrangelo is as important to the St. Louis Blues as any of those players are to their, yeah. like, Crosby revived Pittsburgh. Yes, Cros- no, Crosby saved them from becoming Being the Hamilton, Hamilton Penguins. Yeah, then you have, and let's not say that Petrangelo is as good as Crosby. No, We're he's not. not. Going but in terms road. of value Imports. to the team. Patrice Bergeron is the, like, yeah. the, his number will be in the rafters. There'll be a statue of him. Potentially, yeah. I think so. Like, he is beloved. So when those types of players, you can say, I, we don't give out no trade clauses, but there's got to be one or two where if they come to you, they're like, we'll make the exception. Alex Petrangelo is the exception. So if you're not willing to make it, like, I don't know. That well, seems ridiculous. Like, I look at it even in, like, Lou Lamorello's stance that he doesn't give, what was it, Schedule A bonuses or Schedule B right. bonuses? Right, they got, Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews got, got it. Mitch Martyr didn't. Yes, but Austin Matthews but Austin did Matthews because Matthews that's did. that's an exception. Because, you like, make the exception. Because at a certain point, there, like, yes, you want to have un- unwavering morals or unwavering sort of, like, standards there. But at a certain point, like, you have to, you have to. Or maybe it was Schedule B bonuses. Either. I think yeah, it was Schedule, it was schedule B. B. But at a certain point, you have to you have to make a concession based on, or you're just not going to get that player. Exactly. And in this case, you can't afford to not have that player. That's your captain. Oh yeah. Like good one. Like you you got to do it. Like you got to make something happen here. Yeah. So I yeah they did not get better. Yeah they did no, they they got worse. <laughs> um. They also traded Jake Allen. Which is good. Yeah. They traded. They, they got rid of they got rid of Jake Allen. They have noted not great person jordan binnington who's their backup now do we even know uh, let me find i don't because again we have yeah. to look at these we have to look at these teams and you you essentially have to have three decent goalies to survive next season if like uh Vili huso oh uh, he's not bad Vili he's, young. Not bad. he's young yeah, yeah he's young and who they have behind him they have John Gillies, I guess, is the next closest mm. NHL. Okay, so ready Jordan guy. Bennington. So Jor- they have Jordan Bennington and Vili Huso, but like, if you have to potentially play three goalies, that's not good. That's, that's not great. Okay, you, if, so if Bennington gets injured, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so St. Louis, no. Yes, they and did not get better. But that's that. a Central Division. Boom! Look at that. And now we transition to our final segment, the Kovalev shift. Kovalev was a great shot. Where Rachel gets really mad about something, as as is tradition. Rachel, what are you mad about this week? Um, I don't know if anyone that, that had to be the most viewed college football game by people who don't give a flying shit about college football because Clemson <laughs> and Notre Dame played this yeah. weekend. Double OT, baby, and it was Saturday Night Live after the election, and Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle yeah. who by the way was goddamn fantastic. Um. Also liked the nod to Ace Ventura that mm-hmm. Jim Carrey did. Yeah. But anyways, they went to double overtime, and I can promise you that my 
mother does not care mm-hmm. who wins Clemson and Notre Dame. But what she did care Trevor about... Trevor Lawrence wasn't even playing. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. It would not have gone to overtime if Trevor Lawrence was playing. I can assure you of that. He also wasn't playing because he had he was on the COVID list. And but he was, he was on, the side on the sideline. Line, and which, so... But, yeah. Um, this game was the magnum opus argument for why we should not have fans at games. Specifically, where there is no border between the fans and the field. Mm-hmm. Unlike in hockey, where you would literally have to scale the glass. And then slip and slide your way around. Yeah, yeah. not good. You're not doing mm-hmm. it. Um, so they said they were at 20% capacity. I mean... It didn't look like 20% capacity on the field to me. But we'll, let's, we'll give it to them. Give Fine. them the benefit of the doubt. They've definitely earned the benefit of the okay. doubt. Prior to this game on yeah. Saturday night, the university has, and credit to them, a, a COVID-19 dashboard so that students can go and see... What the condition of the school grounds is like. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The Tuesday before the game, 38 new cases, 71 cases on the Wednesday, and 29 on the Thursday. In the last seven days, mm-hmm. so from Monday, so from November 9th pre to November 3rd, basically, those, that, yeah. they had 251 new cases on campus. Come on. But now, since they had a bunch of uh, idiots yes. storm the field, <laughs> I don't care if your team won the college football championship. Like the national championship. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and your school has active COVID cases. You live in Indiana, yeah. which is not handling the pandemic Mike, very well. It's Mike Pence's state. Enough said. Yeah. Um. And so now they've had to mandate testing for every student who is attending on campus. And if you don't submit to a test, you can't register for school and they won't give you your transcript. Just because, like, they said, okay, only employees, faculty, and students are allowed at the games and the players' parents. Well, I don't care if they're all going to storm the field like that. And Brian Kelly, who coaches Notre Dame, told his players prior to the game... If we win this, they're storming the field. Get off the field. Kelly knew. Yeah. And he was right. And, of course, Trevor Lawrence, who I mean, I hope doesn't have COVID anymore. I mean, but the fact that he was still on the sideline, like... Is... Yeah. Put like, him in a box. That is a perfect argument for not having fans in the stands. Because they cannot control themselves. And I see people on Twitter being like, well, do you make the best decisions when you're drunk? And I'm like, that is exactly what I'm Who saying. Who said that? Some dude. Oh, my God. Also, like, college football, you know what's great? is, is So the biggest thing here is is everyone saying, well, hockey and in, in all sports, they need fans because they got to pay the players. Guess what college football doesn't have to do? Pay the players. So you can afford to not – you the amount of the, – the margin of profit for college football is nuts. But the problem you have is a lot of times, like, the, the big football schools, they their football programs keep – like the school and like other athletic programs afloat and like honestly right now i don't care because you're putting lives at risk but also like the reality you're clemson you want to probably shouldn't be playing you're clemson like you you are one of the biggest college football programs in in them in alabama them alabama and like yeah maybe baylor and ohio no not baylor (laughs) ohio state ohio state stuff like that but clemson is is one clemson and alabama yeah they're up there you you don't need to have fans in the stands. Also, you have you, you the have, guy who's going to be the number one overall pick in the NFL. 
Yeah. You, why, why you're risking him is beyond me. You also shouldn't, like, you You should have a margin where you, you're, like, they're not living paycheck to paycheck when it comes to keeping their keeping their athletic programs. No. Like, the amount of money that they make is nuts. They probably just, I guarantee if you look at it, they probably just renovated their, their locker room to, the to make it look like the International really Space Station. The other thing that really made me angry, and this is when I got angry, oh, yeah. is... I obviously called this out, mm-hmm. being like, this is why you can't have fans at games, because they cannot control themselves. We were in the middle of a pandemic, and someone was like, how is celebrating this different than celebrating Joe Biden winning the presidency? Are you? I don't even have to ask. Ma'am, you are fucking stupid. Ma'am, if you can't put that difference together, how do you get through life? One like it's, is a football game. The other is democracy. <laughs> like, you don't need football to survive. There are people who were literally being wiped off the face of the earth because of the administration in the U.S. There were people, like, if... if there were people know. dying from COVID because of what could be considered negligent homicide by the government. They're not... If, if Not to mention there's literally a coup that's being attempted right now. If Clemson loses, your, your child might not get stripped away from you and locked in a cage. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure about okay. that. So it's not the same. Yeah. And if you think it is, you're an idiot. Full stop. So, man, there's still so much work to do in the States after this. There's so much work to do in the world, but specifically, like, I don't know what to tell you if you think those two things are the I'm same. I'm so glad you're not on Twitter anymore. You're, you're just sparing yourself from all this crap. Like That was genuinely one of the dumbest things I read in the last week on Twitter, and that is saying a lot. Yeah. Considering Twitter was radioactive. Yeah. It's, man. I literally just, on the day of the election, I turned off my phone and played like 12 straight hours of MLB The Show. Because I was just like. And then it carried on. And it's still going on, I guess. Like, honestly, I felt like I aged three years. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's absurd. It's absurd. Just like the, the, the mental toll. Well, in four years, like the last four, like I can't remember. I can't remember what pre Trump was like. So democracy wins, and but if you think in a relative if, sense, if you yes. think that democracy is more important than your stupid ass football team, college then football get team, get your head out of your ass. That's all I have to say about that. And that was the Kovalev shift. Uh, a lot spicier than I thought it was going to be this week. Fantastic. Well, we've reached the end of the show, um, and we were able to keep it under an hour and forty-five. So that's that's fantastic. Um, I actually have something to do after this, so we can't. But. I'm going to make sure my schedule is, is, is empty next week so we can eat some pizza. Um, All right. But yeah, it's... it's. I'm still going to eat pizza. Yeah, you're going to eat pizza. It's been a crazy... And cra- watch The Bachelorette. Oh, yeah. I gotta queen Tasha. Let's gotta go. Caught up. Okay, real quick. Tasha Is a queen. She might be... Okay, I've, I've been... First of all, she's drop-dead gorgeous. No, that's what I was going to oh! say. So I was... I, I've, been a big, I've been a big proponent of being in love with Demi from The Bachelorette. I love her. I think she's great. She's I think she so would have, good. I think she would have been the perfect bachelorette because my least favorite thing about that franchise is that the people who were in charge let all of these let all of the the worst contestants get away with so much shit. Demi wouldn't let anyone get away with anything. She would be called if she was the bachelorette instead of uh, Hannah. And I I hate Hannah Brown. I know a lot of people love her. I can't stand Hannah Brown. She didn't pick Tyler, and therefore she is wrong. No, you had Superman in front of you, and you picked the guy with a girlfriend who's a terrible singer in Jed. He sings dog jingles like, shut up. 
and and they would go on dates where like it would be him singing and he's bad like the thing is he's not even he's objectively terrible, he's not even a yeah. good singer and he know like yeah, anyway but Tasha is probably other than Jojo Tasha is the most like the most gorgeous bachelorette in the show's history and by the way it's not even just that she's gorgeous like she's she's awesome. smart she's kind mm-hmm. she seems to have a fantastic personality like she mm-hmm. hits every single thing that you could want yeah. in a lead for this type of show. And I truly hope it works out for her and she doesn't end up with some dingbat because like her- Are the contestants good this year? There are a few that are like really heartwarming. Mm-hmm. And then there are a few that I would gladly throw off your balcony. Tight. Awesome. Yeah. That's always what it's like. Is there is, okay, because there've been some legendary villains. Oh, there recently. was one um, dude who told Claire- Oh, yeah. That he would never want his daughter to look up to her. What? <laughs> How does that come up in conversation? You're trying to, you're like, you're trying, you're to, trying to date this person and this is where you went. That's insane. Yeah. So he was promptly sent home. Expelled so. yeah. from the show. Even Chris Harrison was like, what? This guy quarantined for 14 days just to say that? Just to make himself. And his name was Yosef, which. Oh, okay. get out. Okay. Isn't there. There's there's a guy who's got the most like the There's the, a former NFL Dallas Cowboy. There's always there's always And he's actually really nice. I really like him. There's all there's always a former player, NFL player. There was Clay who um Oh, right. who used to play in the NFL. Uh Colton who was only on practice squads. So whatever. Like it's all these dudes who like it's never a good player. It's well, always, this guy was actually like an I believe he was an offensive lineman and like Tony Romo was actually talking about him. Oh. So like he was actually a contributing member of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I, I just can't wait for Melania to be the next bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> um also I I think that once I get my knee sorted out because that's what's holding me back from this running. podcast has a combined two functioning knees. Yeah, com- combined we have we have we have one functioning neck, two two combined mu- functioning knees. My hips are all crazy. It's ridiculous. Um, they're lying. Let's just say they're lying a lot right now. My hips are lying a lot right now. But <laughs> the the uh, the Bachelorette <laughs> tweeted out that cast that that auditions are open. I'm putting you in. Yeah, I think I think I'm going. I think I'm, I'm going to do you it. In. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to think I'm so, going to So, uh, we're going to have to put the podcast back on pause when Mike decides to do this. Exactly. Now, what 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 I love about I'm also off dating apps now because I've decided that I'm tired of being asked for feet pictures. I reactivated my Hinge this week. Oh god. And it's been it's been a blast. Radioactive? Just, like no, because I'm a guy. Like it's so it's fine. I like it, it's not I don't get like it's different. I'm not getting um I'm not getting asked for pictures of feet. I'm just getting like funny, weird, like really funny and really weird, uh, 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 I guess like DMs or no. openers or pickup lines or whatever, which I just find funny. Like one of, one of my prompts on Hinge, it's like the all I ask is that you, and it's a new girl quote that I put there where it's all I ask is that you stop being so mean to me or I swear to God I'm going to fall in love with you. And that's like, and there's been so many people who, who just like the outright are just like, you suck. Okay, are you in love with me yet? Like stuff like that. So, okay, that's funny. Which is good, but it's yeah, it's great. So now people can't DM me on Twitter. So slide into my DMs instead. So slide into Mike's DMs. It's great. Um and they can't get me on dating apps because I've decided that's toxic. So they, they can't get you anywhere. Instagram, which please don't do that. No. Um and unless you already have my phone number or email, 
then you're to be fair much, if that doesn't scream i'm not interested i yeah. don't know what you're pretty much is. off the grid at this point yeah it's great so yeah there you go What's, I, I have who i'm interested in and like let's be fair that that's never gonna happen so when, once you once you leave here yeah you're just out into the ether no one can find you no one can get to you you're you're off the off the grid and with that we leave you um you can find the podcast on itunes spotify uh google google play you know Podbean, literally anywhere you can find a podcast we're there um i'm mike stevens from yahoo sports i'm rachel dory of my bedroom yeah you can follow us on twitter i'm at (laughs) 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 it took me a while for that to to (laughs) (laughs) great um (laughs) You can follow I'm me on a Twitter. Mess right you now. are, yeah. I can tell you need you need some food. Uh, so it's I'm at Mikey Stevens eighty one on Twitter. Rachel is at Rachel Dory, right? That's yep. that's exactly it. And the podcast is at Staff Graph. Uh, give us give us you know what like and review us on on iTunes so we can get up those charts. We're already doing pretty or well. Or if you hate us, then let us know why. Oh my God! If you hate us, give us give us. The, I want to I want I want to get to the point where we have enough hate comments where we can like hate mail where we can read them out on the show. Yes. So if you if you don't like us, give us a one star review and let us know why. If you do like us, give us a five star review and let us know why as well. We're coming at you next week. Peace. <laughs>